Welcome to Richmond Kickers Weekly. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined as ever and as I was at City Stadium on mm-hmm. Saturday by Mr. Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good, except that we're here to talk about Richmond Kickers nil, Chattanooga Red Wolves 2. Yep. That's a home defeat for the Richmond Kickers. It is. Yes. I understand your consternation and mm-hmm. your tone in beginning this one. I will say we found a good vantage point at City Stadium. We did. We did, right? Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we're we media, mm-hmm. but we don't normally go in the press box because nah. we want to get some of that atmosphere. Yeah. We found a nice spot in the middle also on the booths. concourse. Also booths. Overlooking the field, yes. right? So I actually feel like this is the game we've watched the most closely in stadium mm-hmm. and then rewatched in the studio. Yep. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're prepped. We're which prepped it, for this one. I think we are, which was important because we said coming into this one that this was sort of a make-or-break game, a very important game, potentially yeah. critical game for the, for, for the United States, for the Richmond Kickers. We're preparing for the U.S. Uh, versus Guyana as we record this. Um, <laughs> and it because given the kickers kind of slide their fall down the table, we felt like this was an opportunity to turn it around against a team that were level on points. I think like right around the same goal difference, two teams that were relatively evenly matched. The kickers beat Chattanooga earlier this season. Yes. And in the end, it ends up with another loss for the kickers. And now the Red Wolves are up to fifth, and the kickers mm-hmm. are eighth out of ten. Yes. With 12 points after 12 games. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can work out the average points per game. Not many. <laughs> it's one. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about the two Red Wolves goals mm-hmm. um, and sort of how we think they happened. And then we're going to get into, because it's 12 games in, we're going to talk about maybe what we think might not be working for the mm-hmm. kickers, and we're going to have some suggest things that we would do maybe to, to try and make things better. Sure. And we'll do it with some humility, right? We're no, we, we know we're not professional coaches. Mm-hmm. We're guys that watch the games, yeah. but, but we still have some ideas. Yes, and we we're going to share them with, with kickers, fans, and listeners. We are, we, we are, and we will. And they do sort of relate to the way this game went because okay. kickers, I would venture to guess, don't have the statistics in front of me. I'm going to guess they probably had a decent percentage, if not the lion's share of possession. They but, usually do. Possession but, too. Yeah, but both of these goals come from sort of the ruthlessness of the counterattack and Chattanooga being very efficient and yep. the kickers maybe not being quite as uh, up to the challenge in that moment. And I'd even argue, so the first goal, 63rd minute, yep. it's Pineda, um, it starts with the kickers in possession, mm-hmm. but it all going wrong. Yep. We're in possession in uh, Chattanooga's third, we're yep. in the attacking third, it's a throw-in yep. received by Josh Hughes, and Hughes is dispossessed because he's sort of forced towards the end line and then surrounded by, I think, three Chattanooga Red Wolves yep. players. Um, and several kickers players who stand there. That's the problem, right? Yep. It's not Hughes' fault. He mm-hmm. receives the he sort of checks two for the throw-in, receives the ball, and then if you like watch through the next few seconds, none of the many kickers players mm-hmm. around him move. There is nope. no movement. No one is getting... It's not about movement just for the sake of movement. It's about getting free to receive the pass from yeah. Hughes. Someone should have been making themselves open to receive the pass from Hughes. He said he has no option except to get sort of pushed to the... Just pushed to the end line and dispossessed. Or just or just to take defenders away. If you make a run, maybe you pull that defender. If you make if you drop off a little bit, maybe that defender goes with and it's just a few more oh, yards of space for Josh so you, Hughes. So you open space for Hughes to move into. If he can't yeah. find a pass, he can move into space. Yeah, yeah. But, it, it, but in the end, he basically controls it, has to go back towards the thrower. Chattanooga kind of collapse and he he ends up getting dispossessed because there's not much there to help him. Yeah, but then it's not as though Chattanooga then build quickly and have this like rapid counterattack no, necessarily. A, it's they boot long. It's a pretty big counter. Oh no, because it's just a clearance to yeah. begin with that turns into counterattack. Mm-hmm, That's the worrying thing, right? They they just go long. I don't think they're aiming uh, for their striker uh, number nine, which was Mare? yes, Mare. Uh Instead, I think it's just trying to get clear. And yeah. Kadarshanovsky does well does, to, yeah. to make a play on the ball. Steps has mm-hmm. the ball. 
But the header itself, not so great because it basically goes right to the feet of Pineda, yeah. who then launches the counterattack. Yeah, this is where it, that's when it mm-hmm. all starts. Yeah, and, right? and this is contrasting with the kickers. This is a thing that we don't necessarily often see from the Richmond kickers, which is the sort of momentary recognition of, oh, I've caught them in a state of transition. It's on. We've bypassed a lot of their players. Yeah. The counterattack is on. Because when Pineda receives Shinovsky's mm-hmm. header, um, what he does immediately is play it down the line. To Mare. Yep. And then because Shinovsky's out of position because he's gone, he stepped up to win the header. So it's not his fault, really. He's well, done his job by stepping and winning it. Except I, will, I would interject to say that he wins the header, goes to Pineda. He's aware that now he's basically between uh, Pineda and Mare, and he chooses to step to Pineda even though there's already cover there from Retzlaff. So okay. I think maybe... So maybe the wrong decision? Maybe, but then again, I don't... I mean, Kutter Shinovsky, no disrespect, is not, his game is not built on speed, so yeah. I don't know if he's ever going to be able to make up that, that amount of distance, so maybe he's just so, trying to put uh, Pineda under a little bit of yeah, pressure. Yeah, do you know what? If I'm Shinovsky and I know I'm not covering that ground mm-hmm. that quickly, maybe the best bet is stop the yeah. danger here, but he doesn't manage to do so. And maybe right? also you're aware that there's a younger, potentially faster midfielder who can also track some people, but maybe doesn't? Maybe doesn't. All right, so Pinedi goes down the line to Mari. Mari is one-on-one with Akwe, and in Mm -hmm. my opinion, Akwe does really well here. He forces Mari out wide. Mari has a nice cut to get back to the inside, but Akwe still makes sure Mm -hmm. to get back. He doesn't get fooled by the cut and beaten. He comes back across to make sure uh, Mari has no path to goal. But after playing that ball down the line to start Mm -hmm. the counter-attack, Pineda has started his run to the interior, Mm -hmm. right? And Retzlaff... I think he's level with him to begin with. I don't know if this is just a foot speed thing, but never catches him up. He's always trailing him. He is trailing about... When Retzloff starts to to chase Pineda, he's maybe two to three yards behind. When Pineda gets the ball, dribbles in and scores, Retzloff is two to three yards behind. So, And it's not as though that's at a full sprint and he can't close. There is definitely a moment when they both slow down because of that cutback you mentioned. So I think there's an opportunity to get Goalside to make a play to cause some level of problem. Retzlaff just isn't able to do it in the moment. So essentially Pineda's reactions were faster than Retzlaff's. I think he takes off sooner and then he also reacts to the cut sooner. I think that's probably part of it. I also think there's a decent chance that because Chattanooga were, I would say, a bit more defensive, happy to sit back in their own half and let the kickers possess around midfield, there's probably an (laughs) argument... More on that later. Yeah, there's probably an argument that uh, Retzlaff probably ran a bit more than Pineda had at that point, maybe a little bit more fatigued at that point. He definitely looks tired later on in the game, that's for sure. Well, Pineda ran in on goal Mm -hmm. and he got the shot around Akira Fitzgerald. 1-0 1-0 Chattanooga in the 63rd minute. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, in terms of the story of the game, one thing I want to just mention is that um, David Bulow, coach, makes some subs but keeps the exact same shape yep. right, for pretty much the rest of the game. I think the only sort of attacking change is at some point um, – Akwai, the centre-back, mm-hmm. essentially goes and plays extra centre-forward, yep. like John Terry used to for Chelsea. Yeah. 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 But there's no other change in shape, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the same old shape. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I mean, the, And the same style. Like, Bolduc comes in, uh, he moves Garrido to the middle as a number 10. So he replaces Bolduc shoes. goes wide. I think Chin for Jackson, that's yep. kind of a like-for-like substitution. So yeah, centre-forward for centre-forward. Pretty much yeah. the same. US announcer didn't quite notice that. Called, he did not. Called Jackson Chin for the rest of the game. Sometimes he called Mwape Chin as well. Oh, dear. Yes. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know who that commentator is, but do better. Yes. Do better. Gallardo. <laughs> okay. Chattanooga scores second. Mm-hmm. It's late in the game. My memory is uh, Joe Gallardo yep. sort of loses... Either he has possession and loses the ball or loses a 50-50 to Ulefe, number seven uh, for Chattanooga. It's Chattanooga basically have the ball. It's, a, it's an errant pass that Gallardo is able to like intercept, but then he can't control very cleanly. And so I think while he is then putting in the effort to try to control the ball, his focus is on that. Whereas Ulefe, I think, is on winning the ball and also maybe knocking over Joe Gallardo, yeah, which bigger. he does. But legally, then Gallardo has to make a play because there's a chance that the counterattack is on again. Yeah. And Gallardo basically uh, resorts to the foul and the yellow card and a free kick. So, free kick. Mm-hmm. The kickers are lining up to defend across. Yep. 
Chattanooga do something very, very clever. They certainly do. You spotted it first, right? Who is it who starts this whole thing? Sito, the eventual goal scorer. Oh, same as Pineda, mm-hmm. starting the last move and being the eventual goal yep. scorer. What does Sito do, Tyler, as they're standing over the free kick? So he, if you can imagine it, basically he's standing over the free kick. <laughs> and I've asked you to do it because I don't know how to describe this move. It's it's like sort of an in-step pass, but like reverse. Like basically he's standing over the ball, he steps over it with his left foot and is sort of like, like looking around like, oh, am I allowed to play? And then as he's standing over it with left foot in front of the ball, right foot, to the side of the ball, he kind of uses the right instep to pass it behind his heel yeah. to Alafe, who's standing there. Yep. But and it's very Cito subtle. Takes off. He does. It's a very subtle little tap. I will say credit to Joe Gallardo, who's aware that the ball is now in play. Is he and the only he, one that spots it? He's the only one who spots it, but even then, he doesn't really like aggressively close. I think maybe because he sees Cito running by and thinks, am I supposed to track him? But is also aware that there are several other kickers players behind him who are more than capable of doing just that. <sighs> So Sito takes off. Mm-hmm. Um, Ulefe gives it to Pineda, mm-hmm. who is in the box. Um, he's got a defender on his back. I'm actually not sure who the, defend- the kicker's defender is. He's got a defender on his back, but Sito's running beyond him mm-hmm. into the area. So, um, so uh, Pineda can just can yep. just lay it off yep. right to Sito, who then can. It's a really nice shot. Actually, he bends it around mm-hmm. uh, Fitzgerald and into the the far side netting. Right? Yes, it's really really nice. It's really really nice, but it's made nicer because there's not a lot of marking going on because the kickers players are very static. As I mentioned, there's two behind Joe Gallardo, both of whom are standing. There's a lot of players on the top of the 18 who are standing, and it's another kind of familiar thing. It's kickers players standing as the other team reacts just a little bit faster, yeah. and that's all the difference may end up being. So there you go. Chattanooga win 2-0 mm-hmm. away to the kickers uh, through one, a really like quick counter-attack mm-hmm. goal, um, and two, a very clever set piece. Yep. But as you said, but there's no, there's no, it's not a disaster to concede two goals, mm-hmm. right? You need to be scoring goals. And I think the kicker's problem is scoring goals. Yep. Is that fair? It um, is. And it, so well, I want to sort of diagnose sure. a couple of the problems and maybe offer our suggested solutions or maybe what we would do as more, more as thought experiments as opposed to demanding that David Bulow do it. Sure. Um, that's, that's fine. <laughs> um, and that's probably the better way to do it since he is, you know, an actual coach. Yeah. Um, but I would say this. The, one of the more telling things to me about the way this game went down or the kind of the final result is that you would expect if you saw that score sheet, you would see 63rd minute, 92nd minute. You'd think, oh, kickers get scored on. They make some changes. They've got everybody pushed forward. They're really attacking and they just happen to get counterattack. Maybe it's even that like there's only three minutes of extra time. The goalkeeper's all the way forward and then they're <laughs> able to score on like an empty net. Yeah. yeah. And you go like, and watch. Fischer was up for a header. Yeah, and you go and watch this play, and it's Chattanooga kind of getting possession back, kickers turning possession over, Chattanooga turning possession over, but it's all around midfield. And it's not kickers bombing forward with a bunch of numbers. It's sort of getting dispossessed at midfield, and that, to me, is problem number one, that it seems like the kickers... When they do have possession, which is frequently, it's around midfield. And it's not a lot of... Oh, I'd say even farther back. I see a lot of uh, centre-back to deepest midfielder to Mm centre-back. Which I think informs the other issue, which is sort of rushed opportunities. That when they do get shooting chances, when they do get in the attacking third, they're very quick to cross the ball in, to try to center the ball, to get a shot off as fast as they can. And I think that's because if all of the possession is in the defensive third or up until midfield then you're sort of used to having the ball in that area. So suddenly, if you are within 20 or 25 yards of the goal, there's that momentary feeling of like, now's my chance. It might be my only chance. i got to get a shot off. i got to get a cross That's off. That's what it looks like to you. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it doesn't look like we're going to pass the ball forward. We're going to find kind of some opportunities. We're going to find some of the seams. We'll get another pass in. That pass will go wide. That pass will go back central. Now we're around the 18. We've got six players committed yeah. forward, and we can move the ball and find some opportunities. Actually, this is the biggest thing for me that I've realized after 12 games of the Richmond mm-hmm. Kickers, in which I've seen every single game, yep. right, is they are a possession team, but 
when I imagine a really good possession team, that and let's say I'm imagining Manchester City, right? Which I know is a very, very high standard. Pretty much the same. Let's imagine it. The possession is at the top of the opposition box. 100%. That's where mm-hmm. you're possessing the ball and looking for an opening and working it and eventually finding something, right? And it doesn't come off all the time, but you eventually find an opening and exploit it. The kickers are a possession team where the majority of the possession is either in their own half or just over the halfway line. Yeah. That's the difference, right? And so to me, the biggest... This is really obvious, but the biggest problem with the kickers is to progress that possession from their own third Mm -hmm. to the final third. That's the biggest problem I see. Here's my question for you before we start trying to offer solutions. Why do you think that is happening? Why aren't the kickers having possession farther up the field? Why does it seem to be so much in their own half? I think there's a couple things to that one. Um, I think first off, like what we talked about with Josh Hughes on the throw and that leads to the first goal, I think that's pretty standard for the kickers. The lack of movement yeah, from especially, the players? Especially in the attacking half. It's sort of players go forward and then they're kind of forward and that's about it. And you don't have a lot of movement. You don't have a lot of interchange. The times you do, it does tend to work. You get overloads. But yeah. like a lot I, of the time... I agree. You can sort of look at the kicker's formation and it's kind of really represented on the field and mm-hmm. players tend to stay in that yeah. formation, right? The left winger stays wide left. The right mm-hmm. winger stays wide right. The two, the two other midfielders are kind of like left of centre, right of centre or maybe mm-hmm. just staggered like one and then one further ahead. And the striker's up yeah. front. It's very rare that there's any variation or... Um, in possession, positional rotation. And he- here's yep. what I would say to that. I, I mostly agree. Yep. In the first 30 minutes, though, I did see Retzlaff dropping in alongside Maxi Rodriguez, and both okay. of them were slightly ahead of the two center backs. And I say that only to say that that is not a thing I saw, especially in the second half. Instead, we, we kind of went back to the standard center back spread wide. Maxi Rodriguez drops in between them. That means Retzlaff drops in a little bit more. Now he's in almost like a number six spot. That means everybody else has to theoretically come back, although a lot of times they're not. Yeah. So then I think what happens is if you're Maxi Rodriguez and you get that ball in the middle, maybe Retzlaff is there. You play it to Retzlaff, but he's got a man on his back. He drops it back to Maxi Rodriguez. Rodriguez Rodriguez goes to one of the two center backs. Center back doesn't really have a ball forward. He can maybe go wide or he can turn and play it back to Maxi Rodriguez. And yeah. that tends to be the pattern. Uh, yeah, I think we see you've seen that a lot, right? Or it goes mm-hmm. out to a fullback, but the fullback doesn't have any options to play into yep. midfield. So the fullback comes back to the center backs and we start the whole thing again. Yes. Yeah. And this is where I would also add um, that I think there's a decent argument that Maxi Rodriguez is part of the problem. Okay. And I don't mean to say the that. He, of the Richmond Kickers. It's weird to say and I feel slightly uncomfortable but it's the reality because I don't think it's his ability even it's not like he can't play a ball it's not like he's not good enough I've seen him ping some beautiful passes I've seen him pick out passes I've seen him make great defensive Mm -hmm. plays yeah so what is the problem and and I'll add his defensive work rate is excellent he puts out fires routinely the problem is like the one that I showed you that really stood out is uh, in the 37th minute 36-26 if you want to go back and watch the kickers have a throw in in the attacking third they've got numbers committed forward Chattanooga have eight players crowded over to deal with that throw-in. Okay. So there's on one side of the field. On one side of the field. You have Lockerbie on the far side for the kickers, wide open. You've got even Matai Mawape in a 1v1 situation at the top of the box. He is fairly open when this throw-in is taken, and Maxi Rodriguez has done a good job of like pointing for the throw-in to go to, I think, Akwe. So then a, a Chattanooga player leaves Maxi Rodriguez and goes yeah. to a quay. Now, Maxi so Rodriguez is wide open. Up, he's opened up some space there. Exactly. Yeah. But what he to- chooses to do is receive the throw-in, kind of half-turn with the ball bouncing, and hit a volley 
in the direction of Connor Shinovsky, but Connor Shinovsky, the right center back, has stepped forward to show for the ball because I think they are trying to get numbers into the attacking third, and the ball goes over Shinovsky's head. He has to run backwards and collect it. Maxi Rodriguez comes to show. When he gets the ball again, he drops it back to Akwe. Yeah. And it's just that sort of so like... Are you saying the problems with the technique of the ball he hit to Shinovsky or the decision to go to Shinovsky instead of to a more attacking move? That one. Because... One? because so what, what were his other options? If, we, if I rewatch this at, what, 36, mm-hmm. 26? Yeah, I mean, he, he can, I think, turn. He's got a little bit of pressure, but I think he can easily turn around the defender, play the ball square all the way across the field to Lockerbie, who, again, is wide open and can bomb down that right wing. Yeah. I think there's even an argument that if he went for the adventurous pass when that throw-in is taken to him, the one-time like left-foot instep, I think he can find uh, Matai Mwape there, and, or at least ask some questions, and yeah. that right there is the issue, is that there's no, there doesn't seem to be, and it's not just Maxi, but that's the player I'm talking about here, it doesn't seem like there's an inclination to try stuff, to try that dangerous ball, to just see maybe if we can get that ball into uh, like one of our teammates. Yeah. It feels like it's this weird either... I'm going to rush the rush a pass because it might be on or it's never mind I'm just going to recycle possession and there's never it never feels like that decision is made at the right time. Does it feel like um the kickers are prioritizing keeping possession mm-hmm. by moving it around between center back center back deepest midfielder center back yeah. left back center back and we just go and go mm-hmm. and go waiting for an opening to occur and it's almost like we do that so much that when there is an opening an opportunity to play um an adventurous ball or a ball that makes some forward progress or a ball where space has been opened up mm-hmm. we're maybe so the kickers are maybe so in the mindset of um possession 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 that they play the safe pass instead of the risky pass is that um, a mindset problem um i mean like possession first and not like let's attack first uh maybe but i i don't no, if I think that's it. I think that if it's a team sitting off being defensive, as Chattanooga were here, yeah. it's like I equate it with I don't want to have any Game of Thrones spoilers. So I'll just say it's the equivalent of like if you go like medieval battles and I, there's one that's— I will that's, say Game of Thrones has already been spoiled by the eighth season. That's true. But I'm just going to say, <laughs> if you think of like a medieval battle and you've got like the one army like set to defend and they're in like siege mentality yeah. and the other army who's attacking is standing 50 yards off like we're coming, we're coming, and then they're just like moving laterally. It's like, okay, well— We'll be waiting for you. Like it's, it's. I think that's part of it. Is that's that the like, Red Bulls are saying to the kickers? We'll be waiting. Yeah, for you. it's like yeah. okay, we're here whenever you want to try. And that's what I kept seeing is sort of like Red Wolves players sort of step out, but they were never really putting the kickers players under pressure at midfield. And so I think it so was they just knew not to open up loads of space, right? Yes. Yeah. And so and so to answer your question in a roundabout way, it feels a little bit like those kickers players are waiting. Like eventually, though, they're going to step okay. out and they're going to leave their siege yeah, mentality yeah. and they're going to come for us. If and you wait they long don't. enough, someone will just accidentally open the castle door exactly castle gate castle yeah gate. and then when they don't it's like alright well let's just get rid of the siege equipment everybody just attack the walls and see what happens and so then they just launch the ball over the top or they go for like a direct yeah. driven ball or and then the goalkeeper on top of the castle catches it. exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> or is often the case the other thing they'll do is rely on individual skill usually Joe Gallardo yeah. sometimes Matai Mwape and is capable mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes Matthew Balduke as well but it's like that I guess that's what I feel is like the kicker's goals this season uh, when it happened have been sort of either individual efforts dribbling through and scoring, it's been set pieces, or it's been long balls over the top that maybe come off. But it, it hasn't... It hasn't been from the long-established no. possession, and eventually we open mm-hmm. some space up and exploit yeah. it, right? Okay, so here's what I want to get to. Yeah. I see um, the kicker's future as, like, two paths. Mm-hmm. One path is the David Bueller, like, uh, possession mm-hmm. system... They just get better at it. Yep. They just refine it more and they're able to find passes in midfield and make forward progression and mm-hmm. open opposition up. Or, which, you know, 12 games in, I would argue we've we've tried for long enough. Yep. Um, or maybe 
we start making some tweaks to not necessarily the entire philosophy because I, I enjoy possession soccer. I'm glad that's what the Richmond kickers are doing. Yeah. I just want it to be better, obviously, so we win more games. Um, maybe we start – the other path is we start tweaking the system. Mm. So maybe you and I could offer some potential tweaks that the kickers could make to make things better. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I'll steal one from your from you because I okay. think you mentioned this one, but I wrote it down. So in your face is increase the tempo because yes, the, the probing passes from left to right, right to left, they can be effective. Are they probing? Well, you're right. Sorry, the lateral passes yeah. uh, from like left left back, left center back, right center back, right back, back to the center back, back to Maxi Rodriguez, back to the other center back. Yeah. That even that isn't necessarily the worst thing because yeah. you can make the argument of. Pass and pass and pass, and maybe you've kind of pulled Chattanooga all to one side, and then you go backwards, and now suddenly they're slow to get back onto the other side, and you have like a channel to attack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The problem is that it's instead of it being pass, 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 is routinely pass and pass. Yeah. And pass. So literally, even if we're under no pressure at the back, Mm -hmm. instead of like putting your foot on the ball and looking around because there's no pressure. Yeah. Just keep it zipping. Yep. Even great possession team, Barcelona mm-hmm. under Guardiola. Do you remember there were moments where Xavi and Iniesta would just almost stand three yards away from each other and go ding, 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 yep. ding. Almost, it's almost like they're just warming up or setting the tempo of the ball moving was the point of doing it. And can I interject to say, but it's also the case that like if you're the team defending is that, that Xavi texting you? it is to say, yeah, we did that right. And also what you're about <laughs> to say is also right. I'm a precock. Um, <laughs> it's that like, he probably the other thing is that if you are trying to be the opposition army and stand outside the castle and be like, Aha, come get us. Annoying the other team is a way to do that. And having like yeah. an insulting number Tempt of back and out. forth passes Tempt is enough that eventually players can be like, All right, I'm going to win that ball. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to let you guys just complete 20 passes. I, I really believe that. Yeah. yeah, I really believe that. Because, yeah, the slow pass, you can just stand and watch it and be like, yeah. All right, do that. But the other thing that you hit upon there is that, like, it is a. I'm going to pass, like, if I'm the right center back and I'm passing to you in the Maxi Rodriguez role, a lot of times it's you put your foot on the ball, you look around, okay, nothing else is on, I'll play it to the other center back. He puts his foot on it, looks around, okay, nothing else is on. And you're absolutely right that if it's pass, 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 a couple touches, maybe even like two touches, but maybe one touch, it's, it's, you're not like look picking from, your head up and right looking. Back, center back, center back, left back, get there real yeah, fast. Exactly. Yeah. But that opens up more space. And then if you're really preaching possession. Because Scott Thompson is in some space on yeah. the left. Yeah. And if you're preaching possession and like patterns of attack, then the idea would be that, okay, we've completed these passes. That right winger knows that he's going to drop into like a midfield spot. One of the central midfielders is going to go wide. And now maybe that other pass is yeah. now on down the channel. And then already, if, if Bolduc knows that the plan is to go, you know, right back, mm-hmm. center back, center back, left back, yep. he can start, say Bolduc's the left winger, he can start getting open yeah. for the pass from Scott Thompson he can be ahead of the game and we all know what's coming like at least the kickers all know what's coming next yeah. the opposition don't know what's coming next yes. alright we might be running out of time so I just want to like suggest another sure. possible tweak um, this is one where the so the it's usually Max Rodriguez the, like, the pivot type mm-hmm. guy will drop between the two centre-backs and establish possession. And then for me, because he's done that, there aren't enough available bodies in midfield to pass to. Mm -hmm. I would argue that Shinoski and Akwai are good enough with the ball that maybe we just trust them. Just trust them to find Maxi Rodriguez or the other two central midfielders in midfield. Like, Don't put it all on Maxi Rodriguez. Everyone share the responsibility of playing that forward pass. And then Rodriguez can go and join the other midfielders and be part of the potential solution. Yes. Trust Janoski, trust Akwai, let them pass out of the back. Yes, and I think uh, my, my final one would be, we've already hit upon it a couple times, but I'll say it again, you've got to increase the movement a little bit. If you want to try to do this quick passing, but have the possession move into a more attacking shape where you've got attacking possession, yeah. it's got to be a lot more movement, and it's not just vertical movement, running towards goal, play the long ball over the top, or play the long ball to the channel. It's got to be, I'm going to check in, someone else is going to like, yeah. check away, I'm going to, someone else will check too, someone will take my spot, 
spot. I'll take somebody else's spot. It's got to be a lot more liquid movement. Jackson switch with mm-hmm. Mwape. Like, yeah. go to the right, Mwape goes to the middle for yep. a second. Or uh, say say Hughes is one of your central midfielders. He switches with, uh, say, the left winger. Mm-hmm. Say it's Balduc or Gallardo. They briefly switch position. You're going to confuse the markers uh, by doing that, right? You'll definitely confuse the announcer. You certainly will. <laughs> and that's what it's all about in, in, <laughs> in the end. So, I mean, those are three quick things. Is Maybe Maxi doesn't drop so much. You increase the tempo of the passing. You get a little bit more movement. You're not quite so static. Maybe that helps change things up. Or, as you said, maybe you just kind of change up your overall tactics and you see what happens there. I, I would rather... <laughs> you rip it up and start no. everything, right? It's, if it's going to be anything, it's going to be yeah. some little tweaks. And nor do I want it to be because I do, as yes. you said, I like the kickers. When they do have possession, when it's moving, it looks good. And that's what I would prefer the style of soccer we play be. Yeah. It's just I would also like it to end with some goals. Oh, I've got one thing to add, maybe. Mm-hmm. Do the kickers need to toughen up? Because there was a moment, Mm -hmm. there was a ball through to Daniel Jackson. He's one-on-one with the keeper. And I fully expected Jackson to possibly, like, potentially hurt the keeper. But, like, risk going for the ball and and making something happen. And Jackson 100% pulls out. And he kind of, actually, we were watching with a friend who said to us, maybe the kickers are too nice. Maybe the kickers just aren't tough enough. And do you know who I, I, I bet that made incredibly, or who was, like, incredibly frustrated by that? is David Bulow. Yes. Because we've seen him play. We saw him play for the kickers. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't pull out of those challenges. Uh-huh. David Bulow is going to win the ball and is going to score a goal. Yeah. And, and I, we saw his reaction after the second goal. You can tell that he is feeling it emotionally and is feeling the frustration. And so hopefully... They can kind of get the ball rolling. They can maybe, maybe take some of these suggestions. Yeah. Maybe not. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear about it one way or the other. But and, and maybe like as another example, we've talked about maybe Max Rodriguez has had to make some uh, do some professional fouls and yeah. get a yellow card to like stop a counter attack happening. But what if we had a midfielder who not just doing a professional foul, just kind of bullies the opposition, like someone who's just willing to knock yeah. people over and be like, "Hey, you're in a game. Let's let, yeah. you should be scared of me." I mean, Akwai did that at the very end, and it was he did. I think he's the only one who yeah. has that streak. I really mm-hmm. love him for it. Well, maybe maybe. A little snipping on a player's toes. Yeah. I don't always but love that, that but I also don't always hate but that. that's part of the game, right? Yep. You intimidate the opposition a little bit, and I'm not sure the kickers are doing that through possession or through physicality. All right. Well, let's yeah. see what the kickers do do uh, in their next game. <laughs> you uh, said do do. There uh, you go. I, I did it to make you happy because something has to. <laughs> do you know where the kickers' next game is? Sure don't. If you don't, I've got the schedule in front of me. What you got? So we're saved. The kickers are away for two games in a row. Mm. So Saturday, June 22nd, they're away to Tormenta. Mm-hmm. Um, then Saturday, June 29th, they're away to the Chattanooga Red Wolves. All right. So it's going to be a rematch. Then after that, the next home game, July 13th, it's North Texas SC. Oh, boy. Who we all know... Best team in the league. Revenge. The, my hope is Ricardo Pepe has been promoted to FC Dallas by then. There's rumors of him signing a program. Maybe they all will? <laughs> Maybe they all Yes. <laughs> it should be 11 random dudes from North Texas who have to take the field. Selfishly. Instead if, of those talented youth players. If that's not the case, my other hope is that maybe some of the players who are with the U20s return and are playing with North Texas. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. Brandon Cervania play for North Texas SC, right. playing some balls in for Pepe. Although, as a Kickers fan, I would much rather not see that happen. Yeah, that's kind of a, a, a lose-lose, right? Yeah. <laughs> or a win-lose. Either way. Um, Either way, Mm -hmm. this has been Richmond Kickers Weekly. Tyler Rockwell, thanks for watching the game with me. Thanks for talking to Sue. Listeners, thanks for listening. We always appreciate it. And I think I hear the Red Army in the distance just starting to play. (laughs) 